We can go ahead and put that wall down. Hundreds of thousands of people come and listen to us. You believe that? And besides that, if that was the case, I know exactly how to act too to stop it. Amen. I know people think that's foreign and crazy and stuff like that, but man, we really just don't. Uh-uh. Don't want a lot of people. Amen. Bless the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we do ask your blessings upon this Bible study here tonight. Speak to us your words of truth. And we pray only that these sins will sink deep down in our hearts. We'll give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for all things live for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Ain't God good? All right. What we're going to do here is we want to go over here um, speaking in tongues. All right. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's not just another language, uh, but it does have a purpose. Amen. There's a purpose for the actual language of speaking in tongues. Now, we're going to see what the Bible has to say. Amen. And not religion. And it's not a question of whether speaking in tongues are for believers today or not, uh, because the Bible is very clear on, on that. Amen. Uh, the scriptures plainly say that his people, and that's the key, his people will speak in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is alive, and he is well, doing well, very well. Amen. But however, there's only one thing that actually keeps and limits the Holy Spirit from moving, and that's unbelief. Amen. So many times, you know, um, throughout religion, um, the Holy Spirit is limited in what he can do because religion will not allow certain things to take place. And there's a reason why religion doesn't allow certain things to take place. The reason why religion doesn't allow certain things of what the Bible says to take place is because religion can't produce the power of God. So it has to do away with the power of God in order to make itself feel more comfortable. Am I making any sense? Hallelujah. But we are believers and we do what the Bible says. Amen. So not only you here is going to be hearing this, but, you know, many other people are going to be um, hearing this. And as a matter of fact, watching this, some of the saints are enjoying that um, rather than getting an MP3 uh, messages sent to them, that they're actually getting DVDs sent to them. So it's kind of like them being right here in service with us, and we bless the name of Jesus for that. Brother Shane's doing a wonderful job, doing a wonderful job with the, the videos and the editing of it. And so we bless the name of Jesus for Brother Shane, amen, committing his time to do that to make sure that the ministry is able to go forth in another manner than the traditional way. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be talking about speaking in tongues tonight, but I'm actually going to be talking about speaking in tongues coming from the advanced side. But that's not to say that if you never have or if you have never received or if you've had the Holy Spirit for only a few years that you're not going to benefit from what's being said tonight because actually it's going to help everybody here tonight. Because that's one thing about the Holy Spirit, you know, he's able to reach everybody at their level of understanding. What I did was take the liberty to be able to, uh, i tell you what I did, I took the liberty to actually make copies of all the scriptures that we're going to be using here tonight and to give them to you so that for the sake of time, we don't have to sit and wait on you to get to the Bible, scriptures themselves. Amen? Amen. 
Now, however, as normal, I always ask you that even though you have those right there in front of you, uh, you need to go home. You need to open up your book. I don't need an extra copy. You need to go home. You need to open up your books, and you need to make sure that you check behind me that those scriptures say what they're supposed to say. And I understand that you know that I'm not going to mislead you or deceive you and all that, but still, nevertheless, the Bible says, let no man deceive you. Amen? And I'm fallible and flawed. Hallelujah. I don't mean that I want to be or that I try to be, but I am subject to make mistakes. Amen? Amen. So I want everybody to check up always behind and prove everything that is being said because the scriptures does say prove all things and then hold fast to that which is good. And if we're able to prove exactly what the Bible says and we can lay a hold of that and take a hold of that, uh, can you imagine what kind of people we'd be and what we should be at? But this teaching here tonight is going to help um, a, a lot of people, especially those who have been uh, let's say those who have had the Holy Spirit over 10 years. All right, so it's really going to benefit you. But it's also, again, going to benefit everybody across the board. Hallelujah. So we're going to make sure we, we're not going to leave anybody out. Hallelujah. Because the, the Holy Spirit is no respect of persons. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you have a new, uh, or if you're new to understanding the speaking in tongues and the scriptural experience of actually speaking in tongues, um, it's important for you to know what the Bible says because people will tell you all different types of opinions. And, of course, you know I do everything in my power to make sure that our minds are focused and centered whenever we're listening to people. It's one thing to hear what people say, but you need to know where their source of information is coming from. You need to know if what they believe is actually biblically true or is it just an opinion or is it something about how they feel because an opinion and feelings are totally irrelevant when it comes to the truth of God's word. If we believe something, it has to be backed up by his word and not a tradition, not a personal opinion and not a feeling. Tradition, personal opinion or your feelings is not scripture. Hallelujah. We are believers so we agree with what the word says. Hallelujah. We walk in that truth and we're glad to walk in the truth because uh, it benefits us. Hallelujah. Amen. So before you can re receive this teaching here tonight, you have got to have your mind made up that the Bible is right and somebody's wrong. Hallelujah. Amen. So we all must agree that the scriptures, the Bible is the written word of God. Now I agree that the Bible is the written word of God. Amen. And not only do I agree that it's the written word of God, but um, God has confirmed the word through the very life that we even live. We have seen too many things taking place, too many miracles, too many signs, too many wonders, too many deliverances, too many healings. So the Bible is right, and somebody is wrong. Amen. Amen. And we can always do all this without any religious arguments, schisms, uh, disagreements, or divisions in the body of Christ, as long as we agree that the Bible is right. Is that right? Amen. Now, we never make excuses for the Bible. 
We don't have to. We never apologize for what the Bible says. So sometimes there may be things that are said that your flesh may not like. But that's telling you your flesh is wrong and the Bible is right. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what that's telling you. Your flesh is wrong and the Bible is right. Amen. So now that we've established the groundwork that the Bible is right, we can move forward. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for those of us who are students of the scripture and understand the person of Jesus Christ, we also understand that he was God manifested in the flesh. Amen. Because the scriptures emphatically prove that. It says that over and over and over again. Amen. So Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meaning he does not change. Hallelujah. Now, only the faith of Jesus Christ will allow you to do what God has for you to do, what he wants his people to do. Hallelujah. Now, to answer um, some of what faith I personally am, I can only answer one way, and that's Ephesians 4 or 5. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Is that right? And who is that one Lord? Jesus. And so we have the faith of Jesus and we are baptized in Jesus' name according to the scriptures. So there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And I don't know of any other faith to follow or believe. Now I understand that there are many other faiths. But there's only one faith that's going to get you to the kingdom. Hallelujah. And Ephesians 4, 6 says, it is one God and Father of all who is above all and who is through all and in you all. Notice, now where's, where's God at? In you all. We're going to highlight that, okay? Because we're going to get to something on it. Highlight that now. In you all, okay? So whatever faith you may have been brought up in, I suggest that you follow the same faith that I just got finished reading about. Hallelujah, since we all have been accustomed to carrying these Bibles for quite a long time. Hallelujah. That is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the only faith that I'm going to be speaking about here tonight is the faith that is written in this book right here. All other faiths are false. God does not coexist with other faiths. He sticks with his faith. And the just shall live by his faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, let me say this statement. Religion cannot produce the works of God. Never have, never will. So since they cannot produce the works of God in order to make themselves feel better, they just do away with the power of God. Hallelujah. But we don't do away with the power of God. We welcome the power of God. Amen. We welcome the power of Almighty Yahweh. Okay. Now the Bible says, now watch this. In Acts 20, verse 21, it says, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Who should we have faith towards? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Did y'all hear that? All right. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have peace with God? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, so the Bible doesn't tell us that any religion is a mediator between us and God. It only tells us that Jesus Christ 
is the only mediator between us and God. Amen? And if we're going to have peace with God, we're going to have to go through Jesus. Is that right? Ephesians 6.23 says, Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that right? James 2.1, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord of glory with respect of persons. See, God doesn't want you to esteem one person greater than another. And, of course, you know, as it um, begins to describe on it, when you read it on down a little bit further in the Scripture, some people would actually behave different towards someone because they come in with, you know, nice clothing. And then someone who doesn't come in dressed out in good apparel and stuff, they would not render to them the same treatment. Well, the Bible doesn't teach us that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stick with what the Bible says, and we're going to stick with the faith of Jesus. Is that all right? And we're not going to limit ourselves through religions and other cultures. We're just going to, you know, that have been passed down throughout the centuries. We're just going to stick with the book. Is that all right? Amen. I'm glad we're all in agreement here. After some time of speaking in tongues, myself personally and walking with God, it seems like that over the years, now notice it says seems like, and I'm using myself as an example because I've also had to get myself back into a certain position and place. Are you following me? So it seemed like that over the years, it's, you know, when you first get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a high level anointing. It's like you, you say Jesus and wham. You, you know what I mean. I mean, I can feel the anointing even right now. You understand what I mean? But it's like it's a high-level anointing. You're walking close with Jesus, and you're reading your Bible, and, and you're doing all the things that, that get you closer and closer to God. You pray a lot, isn't that right? You tell people about Jesus, and, of course, then the devil works out life to try to do everything he can to discourage you. Isn't that right? In the way. But anyway, after about five years of doing this, you know, you kind of settle in a little bit. You settle in a little bit, and you go, wow. It's, it seems like that it, it takes me a little bit longer in prayer to actually uh, really, truly get in touch with God. I wonder what's going on. I wonder what's going on. And then 10 years come. 10 years come, you're going, you know, you're pretty comfortable. You're pretty comfortable. You know what the Bible says because you've been spending all that time reading the scriptures and studying. You know what to do. You know how to pray for someone um, to lead them to Jesus. You know how to pray for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Casting out devils is an old hat, an old thing. Healing the sick, nothing new under the sun. And, and we kind of get comfortable because we expect Jesus to do all this because he's been doing it for the last 10 years. Now, I'm just using 10 years as a number because I've been saved a lot longer than 10 years. You follow me? So then we start going, I wonder what in the world is going on that, that I don't quite feel God or I'm not as close to him as I was when I first believed you ever had that question before well I figured it, I figured it would huh? now if you're new in the faith you're, you're like this what that just take a little time but see we're, I'm giving this teaching here tonight to hope that you never have to fall back just a little bit and wonder and you start questioning God you understand what I mean because God is not in question. But actually the Bible is very instrumental in telling us what we need to be doing once we, be, once we get saved. Not only once we get saved, but when we have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
the Bible actually tells us what we need to be doing. You understand that? Amen. And we're going to find out what it has to say. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's, it's not that, you know, you're not close to God. You're there, but yet the power just doesn't seem as strong. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Now, Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. Is that right? And they shall speak with new tongues. Believers, is that right? Now, Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, 4, um, how can a man be born again when he is old? Do you understand that? Can he enter a second time into his mother womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, meaning truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of the what? Water. And everybody normally um, uh, associates that with water baptism. Isn't that right? But then he goes on to say this. And of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, usually, you know, uh, people will say that you receive the Holy Spirit when you repent of your sins. I would like to believe that because that would be very easy. But that ain't what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. If we just, and we're going to stick with the book, amen? That's not what the Bible says. But, so, being born of the water, water baptism, there's also something else that is subsequential with this. That is right there together with it. That walks together with this one and one together. Making up one complete experience. It says, and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. See, so religion has been instrumental in making sure that everybody get baptized. Isn't that right? But they have not been instrumental in making sure that people get filled with his Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible does teach people how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not only does it teach, but it has emphatic proof of people, our brothers and sisters who have gone on before us. All the way from the time the people who walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, ate with Jesus, slept with Jesus, lived with him. And even those afterward who heard, heard, heard the testimony and in the book of Acts. We can see what our brothers and sisters done. Even up to this point. All right. Then it says this, that which is born of flesh, it is what? Flesh. And that which is born of spirit, it is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee that you must be born again. No, it's not an opinion. It's something you must be in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Is that right? Now, in John 7, 37, Jesus said at the Feast of Tabernacles, and how we know it's at the Feast of Tabernacles, because when you read the first verse, it tells you where he was at. It says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the, what say? The scripture have says, and that's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was not yet written when he was speaking. Is that right? He said, he to believe as the scripture have said. Is that right? Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Is that right? Rivers of living water. Now watch this. But this spake he of the spirit. Now who, did he, who was he speaking of? He said something and he's making reference to the spirit. Is that right? 
which they that believe, now we get back to the believing again. Because remember Mark 16, 17 said that these signs shall follow them that believe. Is that right? And he says, but this make here the spirit which they that believe on him should receive. You mean receive the spirit? Yeah, that's what it says. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. He had not yet been killed. He had not yet been buried. And he had not yet been resurrected. He's still here talking. Is that right? So that's the reason why the Holy Spirit was not given. Because Jesus had not yet ascended to the Father. Is that right? Now Jesus referred to the scripture. And Jesus was talking about the spirit. He what he was talking about is, is that believers should receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the what? The Holy Spirit. And the Bible also let us know that the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Is that right? Now, let's read the prophecy of the scriptures that Jesus was referring to. Over in Joel 2.28 it says, and, he, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will do what? Pour out my spirit. You hear that? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids and in those days, I will pour out my spirit. That is twice, isn't it? He's going to pour out his spirit. Is that right? Now, Isaiah 28, we getting, what we're doing is getting two witnesses. Isaiah 28, verses 9 and 10 says, Whom shall he teach? Who can God teach? Who can his Holy Spirit teach? Because we're going to be taught anything. We've got to be taught by the scriptures. Isn't that right? We've got to be taught out of the very word of God. If we're going to learn anything about God, isn't that right? And look what he says. And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Who shall he make to understand teaching? Isn't that right? Huh? Them that are what? Weaned from milk. Them that are like a baby off of mama's breast. Is that right? When a baby's on a mama's breast, you can't teach them nothing. That's all that they know. But when they get off the breast, they start growing, they become teachable. Isn't that right? Through much correction. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. And I don't know about you. You know, I'm, in, I'm a young, very, very young man. And I get corrected all the time. I always wonder when the time is going to come that I'm not going to be corrected. I hadn't seen it yet. Um, uh, maybe one day it will come. I don't think it's going to come in this lifetime, but I think, we, you know, anybody can understand what I'm saying. So I'm not alone in this. So don't sit up here and just let me incriminate myself to make you feel better. Hallelujah. Now, if I got to diminish myself and continue to diminish myself to make you feel better, that'd be all right. I'll do that. Hallelujah. And them that are what? Drawn from the breast. Is that right? He says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Y'all understand that? That means if a precept is said in the word, you got to find another precept in another place to saying the same thing because he won't, not just one person saying, he want to confirm the word by witnesses. Amen? Because God will speak the same thing. Is that right? He said, no, that, but line got to be up on line. 
You can't have his line over here saying this and his line over here saying that and you lining it up. It's got to all say the same thing. Isn't that right? And he said, now you take a little from here, you take a little from there, and then you put it all together. Is that right? Then look what he says. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to, key word, this people. Now watch this. How is he going to speak to this people? With stammering lips and another tongue. Huh? We don't have many, but we've had a few visitations with God actually speaking to us, giving us personal messages. With someone having stammering lips. Amen? Hallelujah. Now watch this. To whom he said, this is the rest. Y'all pay attention to that word right there because we're going to hit that word quite often. This is the rest. Not only that, but we're going to teach you how to get that rest. Hallelujah. Going to teach you how to get that rest, all right? Not only to get that rest, but to keep it continually with you. And anytime you feel like you're weary, you can, you'll know how to rest again. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is the, look, rest. Wherewith ye may call the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Remember that word too. Rest and refreshing. Now watch this. This is the disappointing part. Yet they would not hear. Do you understand how many people is not going to hear this even though they hear it? I mean, the script, I can read these scriptures and go down it line upon line, precept upon precept, and, and just put it here a little, there a little, put it all together like a jigsaw puzzle. And yet and still, because some people are so bound by faithless religion, they will still not hear. Or they're too concerned about what people on this world, in this world, think rather than what God thinks. And they will actually keep themselves from the kingdom of heaven because of an opinion of man rather than having the faith of Jesus and believing God. That's a sad situation, brothers and sisters. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts 2.16 said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. See, what had happened the day of Pentecost had come. Is that right? And Peter um, was up there and he was the keynote speaker. Because everybody wanted to know what in the world's going on. I mean, everybody in every country and every nation is hearing this thing. And everybody, everybody's doing this thing. You know what I mean? So how do we hear every man in our own language, they say it, the wonders works of God. So Peter stood up and said, you remember that prophecy in Joel? We just got finished reading. Over in Joel 2, 28, 2, 29. He said, this is that. That was spoken by that prophet. You want to know exactly what it was? That, that's what we're experiencing right now. Amen. So Peter put them in a remembrance of the prophet of Joel. Amen. And he told the people who were wondering what it means exactly what it was. All right. So now that we understand that the prophets, what the prophet said, let's see what John the Baptist said. Matthew 3 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is what John said. There we go with baptism again. Is that right? But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. So Whoever's coming after John is mightier than he is. Is that right? Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now, wait a minute. We, we're, we're all familiar with water baptism, but what is this baptism of the Holy Ghost? Because John said there's somebody else coming after me, and we know that that be Jesus. Is that right? 
He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Somebody always said, what do you mean that fire? When you get the Holy Ghost, you would understand what the fire means. Hallelujah. You get the Holy Ghost, you would understand. You won't be, you won't be asking me what it is. You'll be telling me what it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Glory be to the King. Now, for us believers having the Holy Spirit within us, we understand what it means to feel the power of God. If you ever want to go by any kind of feeling, that, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, some people say, boy, when Pastor Dow lay hands on me, Lord, I mercy. All kind of stuff start taking place. Stuff I ain't never felt and stuff. Brothers lay hands on me. Man, then they go, man, come think about it. All of them anointed. They all got problems. They don't say that, though. They say, boy, those folks are something, though. Stuff happened. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, the Holy Spirit in us confirms what Jesus said to the apostles. Amen. He said he was going to manifest himself to us in a way that he wasn't going to do it to the world. Is that right? Jesus did. Amen. He says in John 14, 15, because the world is not going to know, but we're going to know. Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. I don't know why, you know, you can't get people to keep that Sabbath day. Well, somebody say, well, you know, people, they love Jesus. I tell you, well, I let him handle that. I worry about me, myself, and I, and those who hear me. Isn't that right? Save yourselves from his untoward generation. But Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. Is that right? He said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comfort. You know, we all need some comfort at times. I'm just life trials and this tribulation. I'm telling you, we need some comfort at times. And that's just the truth. That is the truth. Hallelujah. Is that right? Look at this. That he may abide with you some of the time. It didn't say sometime, didn't it? All of the time. You hear that? Meaning that this comforter, once you receive him, he's going to be with you all of the time. All the time. Hallelujah. He may abide with you forever. Look what it identifies him as. Even the spirit of truth. Now who is that that said I am the way? I am the truth and I am the life. Huh? Isn't that something? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. And the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And we beheld him. Handled him. He's the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and full of truth. Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing how that word fits together? That word just fit right on together, don't it? Hallelujah. Even a spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. See, it's impossible for the world to receive. You can't have the world in you and receive the Holy Spirit. You've got to repent of the things of the world. Things of the past and stuff. Because God would not dwell in an unclean temple. Is that what the Bible said? The Holy Spirit would not dwell in an unclean temple. How do you clean yourself up? By repentance. And submitting yourself to God. Then he comes and he fills you up. That's the part he said, well, I would not leave you comfortless. You know what I mean? Many times when you're not born again and, and all you've been used to is the world, you get all that junk out of you, you got a, 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 a place of void there. You got, man, there ain't nothing there. You empty. And all the stuff you used to have security in and trust in, you don't have it no more when you repent and, and willfully turn away from it. 
And so Jesus said, don't worry about it. I got something. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but it seeth him not. See, that's the reason why the world can't receive because they don't see him. Neither know him. But look at this. But you know him. You hear that? For he dwell with you and shall be in you. See, that's the key. That's the key. That's the difference right there. Y'all understand that? For he dwell with you and he shall be where? In you. Not in the place, not in the wall, not in the mountain, not in the hill, not in the earthquake, not in the valley, not in the storm, but he's going to be where? In you. Because you are the temple of God. Amen. Ah, watch this now. So we are required by God, listen to this, to build up ourselves in the most holy faith. And that's one thing that I have uh, noticed with uh, spirit-filled people, holy spirit-filled people, that they haven't been spending too much time doing that. Yeah. You understand that? We are required by God to build up ourselves in the most holy faith. You hear that? We are required to pray always in the spirit. Is that right? Those y'all familiar with the scripture, right? Huh? We always we are required to pray with the understanding, with the mind. Is that right? Sing in the spirit. Sing with the understanding. Is that right? We are required by scriptures to stay charged up, just like we would charge up a battery. Is that right? See, a battery is just not going to run to infinity. Is that right? Even in a natural battery, is just not going to run to infinity. Isn't that right? A a battery in itself, through continual use, wears down. And it has to be charged in order to function properly. Is that right? Amen. So the Bible teaches us to stay charged up in God. And we're going to look at this. All right. In ministry, many of you over the years have seen me preach, lay hands on the sick, um, uh, praying for someone, receive the Holy Spirit. You yourself done the same exact thing. And many of you have seen the after effects. When I get finished preaching a message or getting finished praying for the sick or casting out devils, y'all seen after effect. Amen. It, It looks like I just ran a marathon. You know, when I get finished with everything and I'm just sitting there kind of like in drone stage. You know what's going on? See, all this time I've been dispensing the power of God. All this time. Why? Because where's the Holy Spirit at according to what we just read? He's in us. And in order for people to understand what's going on, the Holy Spirit has to be dispensed. Amen? Because that word, the Holy Spirit, is God. Last manifestation of God on this earth that we're going to see in this realm. So all this time, Holy Spirit has been dispensing the power of God because of the word. Remember, just like uh, the lady that touched the hem of Jesus' garment. The Bible said that virtue went out of him. And he said, who touched me? And, and they, of course, the disciples said, then wait a minute. Why you, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody touching you. You're going through the middle of this crowd right here and everybody's touching you. Yeah, uh-uh. somebody drew. 
some spirit out of me. Why? Because it's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. It's God's spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Can't do away. We got to have all of it now. We got to put that line up on line, precept on precept, here a little and there a little. Isn't that right? You remember? And, and God moved. The spirit of God moved. At the beginning of his creation. Huh? And he said, let there be light. And there was what? Light. Isn't that something? Amen. Isn't it beautiful? But virtue went out of Jesus. And he realized that somebody had touched him. Amen. Jude one twenty says this. But ye beloved, here it is, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. What do you mean praying in the Holy Ghost? See, everybody, I'm using words. This is called prophesying. I'm using words that's easily to be understood. But praying in the Holy Ghost takes on a whole different meaning. And in order to understand that, rather than me trying to define it to you, we have to see what the Bible has to say. Is that right? Amen. Now, how do you build up yourselves on your most holy faith in praying in the Holy Ghost? I mean, that's what it just got finished saying. Is that right? Building up yourself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Is that right? And what is praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, let's get some scripture definitions here. Acts 19, 6 said, And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So when Paul laid, it, so when, uh, Paul laid his hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. Is that right? And they spake with tongues and they prophesy is that right acts 10 5 because y'all know about the story of cornelius the italian is that right and they had the a circumcision which believe were astonished as many as came with peter because that on the gentiles also was poured out the gift of the holy ghost for they heard them do what speak with tongues isn't that something this is how they knew that they had the gift of the holy spirit because they heard something they heard them speak with tongues and magnify god is that right Amen. So how do you receive the Holy Ghost? Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, talking to the same people on the day of Pentecost, is that right? Repent, number one. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the what? Holy Ghost. So you repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, for the remissions of sins, the washing away of sins, when you get cleaned up, you'll get real see the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So the Bible is clear about the Holy Spirit. When people have the Holy Spirit, they speak with tongues as the Spirit give the utterance. And everyone that's been filled with the genuine Holy Spirit or been filled with the Holy Ghost, they all spoke with tongues. Is that right? Acts 2, 4. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with what? The Holy Ghost. They were filled with what? The Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the what? Spirit gave them utterance. Who gave the utterance? The Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there's a key in here. They were in the upper room. They were what? Praying. You understand that? They were in the upper room. They were praying. 
They were in the upper room, they were praying. They were up in the room, they were talking to God. They were moving their mouth. And then they began to talk to God, move their mouth. Then all of a sudden, they came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And they filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire. And it set upon each of them. Y'all understand it? Y'all get it? See, they were doing something. They were already talking to God. They were already in the place talking to God. They were doing, they was very active, not passive. They were active in seeking God. And then when the spirit got in touch with God collectively in one accord, the Holy Ghost came down and he gave them what? Utterance. It's not that he made them move himself. They were already praying. And all he did was when they yielded themselves to God, he gave them the utterance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. And I know the Bible is right. And somebody's wrong. Amen. Jude 121. Going back over to Jude for a second. I don't think I left it, but I'm going to go over there anyway. Keep yourselves. Do what, saints? Keep yourselves in the love of God. Well, if it's going to tell us to keep ourselves in the love of God, no doubt the Bible is going to tell us how to do it. Isn't that right? What, how are you supposed to do it? Keep yourself in the what? Love of God. Is that right? Keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Well, how do you keep yourself in the love of God? Beloved, build up yourselves <laughs> on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And then he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. How you do it? By, well, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, we're going to get there. We, we understand that the Holy Spirit, we, we know that people have the Holy Spirit when they speak with tongues. Is that right? Amen. So building up your, yourself is a personal responsibility. After you have received a baptism. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. You hear that? Amen. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, what does he do? Edify. What does he do? He build up. What does he do? He charges up himself. See the reason why he needs speaking in tongues more? See the reason why he needs speaking in tongues a lot? All you seasoned saints, you need to speak in tongues a whole lot. Because what are you doing? You're charging up yourself. You're building up yourself. You're keeping yourself topped off because you never know when Jesus got to use you. You can't be running on low and expect to dispense full power. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you can't all of a sudden just go get a five minute charge and expect God to move. You got to, you got to keep yourself edified. Y'all, y'all getting this? Yes, boy, boy, must all of them sitting right here, boy. She show y'all how to rejoice on this one. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Are you not all receiving edification right now? Hallelujah. Amen. You, you all, sometimes y'all see me. If I'm walking on land, I'm walking on land. I'm talking in tongues. You just don't know because you way over there. I got to keep myself built up with all this hell I be going through with the devil and stuff. Boy. I got to keep myself charged up, boy. Woo. Hallelujah. Are we getting this? Isn't this beautiful? 
I would that ye all spake with tongues. Did he say I would that some of you? No, I would that you all spake with tongues. But rather that ye prophesy, for greater is he that prophesy than he that speak with tongues. In other words, he's speaking about an understanding. Because he goes later on in the chapter and talks about if I come into you and I start speaking in an unknown tongue and stuff, would not all the people that are not familiar would say, this man's a barbarian. Isn't that right? So I need to speak words with understanding. Is that right? So this one Paul said, I would rather speak um, five words with my understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Amen. Is that right? So that all may receive edifying. That's the word right there. That's that line upon line and precept on precept. Is that right? Amen. So that's what he's talking about because see, if you consider, if I give a message in tongue, ain't nobody going to be edified. Everybody be sitting there looking at me with that puzzled look. What is he doing? Look like he's having a good time, but on, he ain't talking to me. I can tell you that. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, except that he may interpret or that the church may receive edifying. So praying in your spiritual language that God has given you builds you up. It builds you up. You ever walk around sometime you're down and stuff? Huh? Huh? You don't ever walk around you down? Sometimes your natural understanding doesn't give you adequate words. Words seem to be insufficient. They're just not sufficient enough. They just don't cut. You get down, you try to pray, don't know what to pray. <laughs> uh, get down, lost for words. I mean, I can remember times sitting down there, wanting to talk to God, got all this stuff on my mind, don't know how to uh, materialize the words for it. And I'm sitting there three, four minutes. You know what I mean? Because the Bible teaches you need to be careful how you talk to God. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You just don't go talk to him any old kind of way. No, 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 no. Yes, sir. Hey, yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. But praying in, in this holy language, this unknown tongue, it edifies you. It builds you up. It keeps you charged up. Is that right? And you are the one that's being blessed. That's why I can't understand why in the world would saints want to walk around depressed. If you can see that, feel that spirit, something like that coming, you know you put on the garment of praise. You know, right? You talk to Jesus. You ain't got to go walk around like that. Now listen, when you're praying in tongues, you are speaking to God and not man. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, For he that speaketh in the unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, not unto men, not unto men. Is that right? But unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh what? Mysteries. Why? Because he's talking to God. Is that right? Amen. Going down to verse 13 in the first Corinthians 14 says, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may do what? Interpret. Now look at verse 14. We're going to hit this one, all right? For if I pray, somebody say I. I. For if I pray, if I open up my mouth, if I become active, if I do something rather than just sitting there. If I pray, is that right? If I pray, is that right? If I pray in an unknown tongue, my 
spirit prayeth. Your what is praying? Your spirit prayeth. Your inner man is praying. Not your flesh. Your inner man, the, the regenerated man. The man that is in tune with God, that is sensitive to God. The man that you want to be close to God. The one that walks with God, talks with God. Your spirit is praying. Ain't you born again? Of the water and of the spirit. Your spirit is doing the praying. Hallelujah. But my understanding is what? Unfruitful. And boy, this natural man, he can be very unfruitful. Can't he? Can't he be very unfruitful? I understand that language clearly. So you see the reason why sometimes that, that we ain't in the place with God that we should be? Because we're not charging ourselves up. We're not edifying ourselves. We're not building up ourselves. Basically, we're just not blessing ourselves. Amen. We're just not blessing ourselves, just like the Bible says. We just, we ain't doing it. We're, we're waiting to come to church, waiting for one dynamic morsel word or something, something to jump start us and get us going. When God said, you need to be doing it. Hallelujah. Amen. Beautiful, isn't it? Especially since you the one being blessed. Hallelujah. Don't you want to be blessed? Huh? I can bless the Lord at all times. Praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast. You know how my soul going to make a boast? Because I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to say something. Whether my flesh like it or not, I'm in charge of this. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't tell me you ain't in charge because anytime you want to shut your mouth and don't bless God, you're in charge, ain't you? Ain't you in charge? Ain't you in charge? All twisted up and warped up. You yield yourself to that, then yield yourself to God. Unto sanctification, unto holiness. <laughs> Amen. So if I pray in an unknown tongue, that means you. Is that right? Somebody say I. I. That's you. Is that right? Praying in an unknown tongue. It's your spirit that's doing the praying, but your natural man ain't doing nothing. Your natural man don't even want you to pray. Your natural man ain't thinking about God. The only thing your natural man is thinking about is whatever is earthly, sensual, and devilish. That's the only thing your, your natural man is only care about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's all your flesh care about. That's the natural man. That is the natural man. Anybody ever been war with him before? Amen. He's very much alive too, isn't he? <laughs> he cut a fool too, don't he? He try to make you look like a fool too, don't he? Hallelujah. So this is where people get a lot of things confused about God. Because God is not thought of confusion. Amen. They try to understand everything spiritual with a natural mind. And you can't do that. The Bible tells us clearly right here in 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. You understand that? I can sit up here and talk to you all day long about tongues and sit you and read the scriptures to you, tell you what the Holy Ghost is and what it means to be filled with it. And if you walking in the flesh, you walking in a natural man, you being led by him, then the spirit, then anything I say to you, it means nothing. Because that man cannot receive anything of the spirit of God. 
He ain't going to either. You know how he get placed? You got to give them to him. Just like you got to yield your members to God. Isn't that right? You are the one making the and forming the here you are, you're making a very informed decision. So if you don't want your natural man root, natural man sit there and pat you on your back, stroke you on your head, and on your neck and say, Yeah, you just stay here and be comfortable. Let me massage you up and stuff. And when it's all said and done, you're gonna go to hell. You sit and watch everybody else walk around blessed and, and you have our genuine smile. And you sitting there frowning. Natural man. <laughs> Hallelujah. The natural man, so can a natural man receive anything from God? No. So you know if there's any point or any part of the gospel or any part of this message you're rejecting, then who is that? The natural man. The natural man. Isn't that right? Is that clear enough? Amen. Because they ain't going to receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolish unto him. See, it's foolish. It's foolish for the natural man. Man, speaking in tongues, that's foolishness. But the spirit man don't think that. Oh, my, my. See, the spirit man thinks it's foolish for you to not receive him. <laughs> and the natural man think you foolish if you receive the spirit. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, so they are foolish unto him, and neither can they know them because they are spiritually Discern. See everything that's going on that what we're talking about, this is something that takes discernment from the spirit. The day you hear his voice. Harden not your heart. Is that right? Then he said, All right, then we're gonna go back over here to First Corinthians 14. We're gonna go to verse 15. All right. What is it then? I will pray. Somebody say, I, I will pray in the spirit. You who gonna do the praying? I will pray. Just like they did on the, Pente on the day of Pentecost. Just like they did on the day of Pentecost. They were all one accord in one place. Is that right? And they were doing what? Praying. So who's going to do the praying? I. How many times did you could have prayed in the spirit and you just sit there? How many times all this hell going on in this world and stuff that, and all going on around you and you just sit there? When you could have been praying in the spirit, calling the things that are not as though they were. When you could have been speaking stuff into existence in the name of Jesus. Just sitting there helpless, defenseless. Definitely acting like the warrior that God made you. The soldier that he made you. But it says, what is it that I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. That means with my mind. Amen. With my mind. Yes. What do you mean when you're going to pray with your understanding? Well, you just form some words in your mind and then you let your spirit say it out of your mouth. Yeah. What words? Natural words? No. Spirit words. Mind. Understanding. You understand that? And I will sing in the spirit. You know what singing does, don't you? Why do you think sometimes you see, that's one thing Sister Carrie never had to worry about me doing, 
singing to her. Because if I wanted to run her off, all I'd do was sing to her. So I would say, sing to me. I would. Would I not? We'd be rolling down the road, little old young tumbleweeds we were. And I'd say, sing to me. And she'd sing. You know what singing does? Huh? It brings a closeness. See, I had wisdom. If I sang, I run off. She sang, we stay together. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm a joyful noiser. I'm a noise maker. Isn't that right, brother Doug? Say amen, brother. You ain't no, now come on, brother. You ain't no Lawrence Welk. Hallelujah, brother. That sure ain't, brother. Isn't that right? No, no, Cary Grant. So I said, who are you neighbors? Told you I know how much I know about singing. I don't think neither one I'm saying. <laughs> See, I'm in it, though. I'm there. <laughs> See, at least you know I'm not putting on. I'm putting on Christ, though. Hallelujah. Amen. So who's doing the praying? Amen. Who's doing the singing? With the spirit. You hear that? Singing with the spirit. Singing with the spirit. So I say, what do you mean sing with the spirit? So I said, what you singing? None of your business. I ain't singing to you. I'm singing with the spirit to God. Just like when I'm talking in tongues, I ain't talking to you. If I wasn't talking to you, I'd say, hi, how you doing? Fine, doing very well. Good, now you understand me. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Run out of word, can't say it? Hallelujah. That's global. That's eternal. That's universal. Hallelujah. <laughs> huh? Hallelujah. Yeah, he likes that. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I know he likes that. But look what he said. I was singing with the what? Understanding also. Mind. Understanding is the word mind. In the Greek it is. It says the mind comprising alike of faculties of perceiving. Understanding of those feelings, judging, determining intellectually. You understand that? Reason in a narrow sense with the capacity for spiritual truth. The higher powers of the soul. The faculty of perceiving divine things and recognizing goodness and hating evil. Amen. You know, anybody in their right mind going to hate evil. Praise God. Amen. So if you can just start off uh, not trying to pray in tongues, you know what I mean, like we often do, um, for two hours. Say, man, I know I get closed out two hours. No, just start off small. Because you're going to start two hours, you're going to faint. You're going to think you down there two hours, been down there 15 minutes. You're going to get discouraged. That's why I said build up yourselves. You hear that? Build up yourselves. In the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up. Well, just start off maybe, start off with 10 minutes. 
Make it a 10 minutes. Push that governor back of that old man. Get on up to 20 minutes. And then just hit on 30 minutes. Next thing you know, you and your prayer closet down there for a whole hour. And, and time done went by. And it felt like you just got down. Amen. Like, what in the world? But this whole time, you are charging yourself up. Whole time, you're building yourself up. Getting ready for the master's use. Because he got somebody he's going to need for you to edify. Amen. He got somebody you may need to prophesy to. Amen. Some of y'all need some prophesying to do, don't you? Man, I see you in the future. You look better, huh? You look better than what you did before I started saying something. That's the truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. It's all about a living relationship with the Heavenly Father. Amen. Singing does. It brings that closeness to God. Amen. That's why we sing and spend a lot of time in, in worship, sir, because we, we want to get close to him. Amen? Because God inhabits the praises of his saints. He loves the saints. Hallelujah. So God gives us these gifts from the kingdom to help us here and now. That's why he's a helper. That's why he's a comforter, because we need him here and we need him now. Is that right? Amen. I always need him. See, tongues can bring about that spiritual rest that the prophets was talking about. It can. It can cause you to be settled. It can cause you because sometimes the natural realm gets kind of heavy. So, but you can enter into the spirit realm and lead them cares of that natural realm. You know, like the, the drunk, what he does, go to the bottle. And then he escapes. And he, when, he, when he gets in that bottle and gets drunk, he wakes up in the morning. He got a dual messed up. He dually messed up. He got a hangover headache. And then his problems are still there. Hallelujah. But when you begin to pray in the spirit, things are changing. Hallelujah. Why? Because you're a child of the king. Amen. Hallelujah. I bless the name of Jesus. So the mind is where discernment takes place, perceiving and thoughts come from. The mind. Amen. Hallelujah. So just like on the day of Pentecost, um, you could be somewhere, anywhere in a meeting or uh, somewhere with some saints of the most high or God be ready to use you for something or in another country. And the Holy Spirit may say, I want you to speak in tongues. And you'll be like, you want me to do what? Speak in, you know how many languages there are on this earth? There are thousands of languages on this earth. You don't know what you're saying, but somebody else could be touched. By the Holy Spirit ministering to them through your tongues. Somebody say, well, I don't understand what you're saying, but you ain't, you, are, you, are you a linguist? Do you, how many languages do you speak? We live in America and barely can speak English. And all of a sudden we become a subject matter expert when somebody ain't speaking no language. I don't get it for the life of me. Hallelujah. I remember um, listening to some, some Chinese people talk, and I was like, what in the world? To me, they sound like, oh, black bear theater. I know. I'm going to get you. We're going to defeat you. I am a warrior. 
you're like, what in the world? And Lord, I used to be glued to that black belt theater stuff. Hallelujah. But that's what it sounded like to me. I was like, man, I heard people speaking like that when they received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So people go, man, ain't nobody a bunch of gibberish. You sound like a bunch of gibberish. See, religion, it can't produce the power of God. So to make itself feel better, it's got to do away with it. Hallelujah. Amen. So I walk around, I speak in tongues. Amen. So whenever we ask the Father in Jesus' name, we don't have to worry about if we're going to receive some false tongues or false gift. Because that name of Jesus, it binds all the, the enemies and demons and devils. There ain't no other name that is above that name. Hallelujah. At that name, every knee is going to bow. Not only on earth, but in heaven and things that are under the earth. Everything is going to bow. Satan himself is going to bow. How you know that? Because I know what the end of the book says. And I do, I do. I say, Lord, you, you got to just, I know it ain't going to do too much, but just for self-satisfaction, you got to let me just get one good lick in. I wouldn't even want to end with it. I, I want to have a baseball bat. Something I can feel the power foul. Huh? God look at me and say, boy, boy, get over and shut up. Your mom take care of this. Son of thunder. <laughs> I don't need your help. You just get on over there. Now I'll be going, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. <laughs> And be looking at that eye over there, waiting for God to do his number on him too, boy. <laughs> Hallelujah. The name of Jesus binds the enemy. So you don't have to ever worry about receiving another spirit. Luke 11, 9 says, look what it says. And I say unto you, ask, and, you shall, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone to do what? Ask, and receiveth. And, and he that seeketh, do what? Findeth. And to him that knock, it shall be what? Open. And he ain't going to close the door on you. Is that right? And if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Well, anybody in here that's got children as a father, would you give you, if your, if your children ask you for a piece of bread, are you going to give them a stone? Nah. Or if he asks you for a fish, are you going to give him a serpent? You going to give him a snake? No, no. Look what he says. Huh? Let, hey, or if he asks you uh, for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? Would anybody do that to their children? No, he wouldn't do that. And he says, if you being evil, and that's right, we were, and we are born in sin, shaping iniquities, all right? And know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? To them that ask him. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Amen. As for me, I tell you, sometimes I just simply just don't know how to pray. Words seem inadequate. I just do what Jesus did. 
So what do you mean Jesus did? Jesus spoke in tongues. Over in Mark 15, 34, it says, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Notice, which being in what? Interpreted. That means to translate into a language of one of whom I wish to communicate with. The whole Bible had to be interpreted, brothers and sisters. Why this particular passage had to be interpreted again. You see what I mean? The whole Bible had to be interpreted because the whole the scripture is either written in Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic. Then it came on down the line in Latin. Is that right? Is that right? The German. Is that right? And it, I'm just, I know I ain't going to name all of them. There's plenty of them. But then it ended up in English. Is that right? And every one of them had to be interpreted, didn't it? And they still was consistent in leaving the record just like that. Hallelujah. That's why. So he said one thing and it had to be interpreted for people to understand what he was saying. And then Mark 7, 33. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up into heaven, he sighed and he said unto him, Ephata, that is be opened. Why can we just couldn't say be open? Look at them, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I like that. So you'll find in your studies that the Bible is written in these, you know, different languages and stuff. Some people say, ah, past die, I don't know about all that. But I do know one thing, I got the Holy Ghost. That I do know. <laughs> Amen. So when you're speaking in tongues, uh, you could be very well speaking one of many of the thousand languages that are going on on this earth. Amen. First Corinthians 14, 2 again. For he that speaketh in unknown tongues speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I've encountered, you know, so many times throughout the years. Um, with all the Bible scriptures I've provided here tonight. Many will go and search out something to try to confirm their unbelief. Just so they can't do what the Bible says. That's none of my business. Amen. I'm just glad that I'm a believer. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad the Holy Spirit allows us to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. One thing I do know that God does confirm his words with signs following. He confirmed his words with signs following. Amen. Amen. So you, would have, you will have to speak in tongues. And you can speak in tongues, but you have to yield your voice to him. And when he had, at the determined time sees that you have yielded yourself completely, then he will take over your language. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will inspire the utterance. Is that about how it happened, folks? Hallelujah. You know that God ain't no respect to person. Look at all of us. Amen. Because if I was God, I wouldn't pick some of you. And you wouldn't have picked me. And thank God we ain't God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now I love every one of you. We hope that some way, somehow tonight that this has gotten you to a point where you know you need to go. Amen. Amen. So we that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to keep ourselves charged up. We need to build up ourselves in the more holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You need to keep yourself charged up. Hallelujah. 
Instead of listening to all that hell and everything else, get active and get busy with God. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for this word tonight. We pray only that these sins will sink deep down in our heart. We give you the glory for all things in Jesus' precious name. Bless y'all. The King is coming. Amen. Y'all have a good night.